0: up, ladies and gents? Welcome back to VHS Gems, the podcast in which we sort of delve into those old nostalgia movies that came out during the golden era that was video cassettes and all that fun, you know, 1980s. 1990s. I think we could even go older than that, too. but um, Early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could. I mean, we could go later, too. There's, I. Maybe we should watch, like, the last VHS, which I couldn't even remember oh. what that is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it was Hidalgo?
0: Ooh. I think I actually like that movie. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. Anyway, this is Jessica, and I'm joined with John. Hello. And today... The gem that we're talking about today is from 1992. It's a movie that I had not heard of before, <laughs> but I'm sure John knew it very well. Um, it's called Stay Tuned. With, yep. Yeah, with starring John Ritter, which I actually watched this one with my mom because she happened to just be in the area. And she was like, what is it? Let me look at the trailer for it. And she's like, oh, that's John Ritter. I love him. Three's company. And I'm like... Okay, so so we watched it together and she yeah, so we I had a great time actually watching this movie with my mom.
1: Well I'm glad you did because this what? movie upon revisiting was just a pile of garbage for me.
0: Oh my god, no I actually loved this movie. Like I would watch <laughs> it again. Like part of me is like I wanna watch this with my dad, like I wanna know what he thinks.
1: See, I remember watching this when it first came out in 92. I would have been 11 years old. That was Uh, the perfect time, the perfect place for me to watch this. mm -hmm. Um, I I definitely outgrew it. I did not like it quite as much, if at all. I'm going to just go ahead and say, you know what? I don't like this movie anymore.
0: (laughs) I can't. I'm so flabbergasted because I really <laughs> liked it. Like I thought it was great, and I don't know if maybe it's because I didn't have any of that nostalgia with it. Like it's like something new to me, and it's not like I didn't see its flaws. Like it's utterly ridiculous of a plot. Like it's, but I think it's because it's so ridiculous that I'm like, yeah, no, this is great. Like this is just hilarious. Like I, there were characters in it that I utterly despised like I did not like how the teenage daughter was written but and it was more because mm. she's written as like the typical teenage daughter but before we get too too deep into it we should probably explain Ta- stay tuned is a movie that came out in 1992 it's a comedy and it's sort of like what happens when the devil decides to manipulate people and get them trapped in TV shows from hell and yeah.: Yes. And John Ritter's character is a guy who, like kind of sort of feels like a failure, and all he does is watches TV, and his wife, who's very successful, wants to leave him, and then they end up getting sucked into TV together, and that's how they sort of rekindle their romance, which was very much going to be what was going to happen from the very beginning. But I That's why I didn't time. like
1: this, because upon revisiting, I'm like, "Oh, this hits a little too close to home.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> if, if only we had evil demons that just want to suck us into situations that force us to realize how much we love each other or how much we need to depend on each other, who knows
1: yeah that, I, I, I know. think it's more <laughs> that codependency yeah <laughs> that codependency.
0: yeah um do you have anything else to add like i I was horrible I Totally did not prep that well for this one. I have my notes so I can go through the plot, but I didn't even look up like the database at all. So it's starring John Ritter. <laughs> who else is in it? I know you research like crazy, so I can uh, be lazy. yeah.
1: So Pam Dauber, who plays the wife, mm-hmm. um, I guess sort of. The, there's definitely a lot of meta uh, references in this movie, being mm-hmm. that it's you know them being sucked into television. Both John Ritter and um, Dauber come from a tv background um, yeah dauber was the the female lead on morgan mindy and of course john ritter was from three's company as you mentioned earlier yes. which uh jumping ahead a little bit they absolutely referenced that in the movie
0: yeah i um, caught it thankfully for my mother because i think three's company was one of those old shows that i never quite watched that often when i was a kid you know when you watch those like boomerang reruns and stuff like
1: yeah my mom was like hey well, it-
0: three's company. I'm like, cool <laughs> I
1: mean, it was it was definitely 70s tv appropriate but it was one of the more risque ones because it made a lot of was innuendo um you know you have a single guy living with two women the landlord played by don Knotts, i i guess like never actually it's never spoken but he just assumes oh a single guy living with two really hot women he must be gay and yeah. it's, so it's basically a lot of that kind of uh, humor um, and of course, yeah, Mork and Mindy, the spin off show from Happy Days, one of the many spin off shows, uh, which was pretty popular in their late 70s, very mm-hmm. early 80s. And then one thing I just thought was kind of funny is that I don't remember them being involved in a whole lot of things during the 80s. It was kind of like late 70s, then just like a big gap. And then they kind of started getting a resurgence in the, in the 90s. And then John Ritter had like this movie. Uh, the Problem Child series, and he started doing TV again until mm-hmm. he unfortunately passed. While well, I guess he was doing eight simple rules for dating yeah, my daughter or something Yeah, I like that.
0: actually did look up that because I was like, I like this guy, John, or like near the end of the movie. I was like, you know what? I really like this guy. Like, he's adorable. He's hilarious. He's, like, wholesome in a way. And my mom's like, yeah, too bad he died. And I was like, oh, what? And I ended up wikipedia his death. He had, like, not quite... It's like a different kind of heart attack from what I understood while he was on the set of a show. It was yeah, like some sort of like uh, an artery collapse or like I couldn't pronounce it kind of thing.
1: But. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. He also had one of my favorite cameos of all time too. Is that he played uh, JD's dad on Scrubs, the oh, Zach Braff character?
0: Okay. Uh,
1: I think he he may have only appeared once, but uh, yeah, he played it, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, they look similar, actually.
0: Yeah, they do, kind of. And so does the
1: actor that they got to play his older brother, too, the one who later became... um, What was his name? Not Thrawn, but, you know, the guy who played Reverse Flash in the Flash TV show in the first couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. Dr. Wells. Yeah, that guy was there on there also. Um, But yeah, so this show... Uh, the show. This movie uh, essentially presents you the old Faustian uh, legend where you mm-hmm. make a deal with the devil uh, and then it's a fight for your soul. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the, the main problem here that I had with the movie is that the tone was kind of all over the place. Something I wouldn't have really paid attention to as a kid. But now it's like this kind of has to feel like it's trying to be uh, sort of like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of movie. Mm -hmm. Where you have the adults and the kids both kind of simultaneously doing their own thing, trying to help each other, but sometimes this dwells a little bit too into like the hard PG thirteen territory. There's a Uh, there's a few jokes here and there where I'm like, that shouldn't be in a movie that has kids like helping the adults. You know, that's you know. um,
0: I think that was one of the things that I actually commented on was when it started. You know, it says it's like what it has rating wise, which it was like sexual content or whenever it was like, Ooh, sexual content. And it's like PG. And I was like, that wouldn't fly anymore. <laughs> sexual yeah. It content was rated PG. Like an R. Yeah. <laughs> or PG. But PG. They, yeah.
1: they had, um, I, they, they say the word bitch several times, which I mean, I'm no prude, but this just felt out of place here, you know, especially with, uh, a, an entire sequence done in the mm-hmm. old, uh, like tech savory style animation, uh, of like the old Looney Tune days. And oh, yeah. I think John Ritter's mouse character at one point even says something like, I hate this pussy in reference to like a robot cat.
0: Yeah. But I'm like, um,
1: I don't like this, that. that. This feels is hilarious
0: because that didn't bug me at all. This is <laughs> weird. <laughs> I mean, I um, think I like yeah. went like, yeah, of course you're gonna say like pussy at this time. Like it's just like yeah. It's just... And I I feel like it's because it definitely was a movie of its time, so it didn't quite bug me as much. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like I guess, also yeah. I feel like also it was really overbalanced by the fact I actually really liked the mom. Like I loved how she was written.
1: Like yeah, she it was cool.
0: It, yeah, she was just she was very strong. Like she was good at her job and powerhouse. And you know she. She'd Went with the punches for everything, and I was like, I just especially like especially in the wrestling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that to me, like I that was my instant I relate to because that would that would have been what triggered me too. But before we get too far into it, let's let's go. I'll, we'll go through the movie sort of step by step, I guess, and see how it goes. So it starts with these this older couple eating popcorn and about to watch TV. And they go to check their satellite dish. Or no, not even check their satellite dish. The the devil character, I can't even remember his name now.
1: I think they call him Spike.
0: Yeah, Spike. There we go. Spike comes to their door and they both end up like, well, the husband disappears and the wife sort of screams into the light like an old 80s horror film. And then it cuts to the real credits. It was kind
1: of similar to the beginning of Ghostbusters, where it's kind of a cold open. You're not sure what happens. And then the lady just kind of screams in front of the camera, but you don't see why. It's just like a flash of white light.
0: Yeah, and it's like, turn, stay tuned. And then, yeah.
1: And then, so the movie proper begins. And so, yeah, you have John Ritter's character who. It's just kind of like a couch potato. He just likes to veg out in front of his it looks mm-hmm. like a 19-inch TV yeah. in his little man cave area.
0: Well, they have like a ton of TVs. And the other thing is like I found kind of interesting was the movie is also narrated by the kid. Cuz that was the first thing I noticed was the kid's like, "My father is a couch potato and he watches TV." And the kid's like, "But I like, I mean, I don't not to say I don't like TV. Like I just want to make TV and he's cut all these yeah, and they,
1: they established that he's some kind of a Radio Shack genius, like, putting things together, making his own illegal broadcasting. Yeah. Which, it sounds like he was blackmailing his sister.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, his first broadcast was going to be her making out with one of her boyfriends with tongue. Unless she, like, paid him or I can't, I can't even remember what I was like. Or I think he you. was selling,
1: selling video of it or something. He was like an entrepreneurial little kid there.
0: Yeah, which, like, the thing I liked was, like, both the parents knew about this because they can hear the broadcast. <laughs> and the, they, the dad was watching other it. And of them were yeah. like, you're making out with boys? No, none of that. Just like, eh, she's a teenager. And she's still
1: I was utterly, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. She dresses like Blossom. She's, you know, got hormones raging.
0: Yeah. And then, like, it's definitely, like, the beginning is definitely a set of... Foreshadowing, I guess. Like, you get introduced to the kid who uses all the power and, like, cuts out power all the time, which comes in later on. And then also, you get introduced to the Rottweiler dog that's going to become a problem later on, which one of my tiny, I have a tiny little four pound mutt of a terrier dog. And when that Rottweiler came on, he, it was like <laughs> he was going to challenge that Rottweiler. And I'm like, what are you going to do, Hufflepuff? Like, calm down. But,. <laughs> that was, he usually doesn't react to dogs, so on TV, so that was cute. But oh, the
1: dog had a good mean face.
0: Yeah, and then you get—you understand that the kids are worried that the parents are going to get divorced, and you get that, you know, she's kind of trying-ish, and dad's just a couch potato and just wants to watch his shows and his sports. He's and that's also. Like,
1: not very ambitious, because they—if if I understood it correctly—because this didn't make sense to me when I was younger either. Yeah, he's like a door-to-door salesman, basically.
0: Yeah, from what I understood, which I—I I feel like at the time in the early '90s, that was like a thing that was like starting to kind of trend out because of technology. So. And so I kind of got it. But like sometimes like when he makes a mistake and accidentally drops, spills somebody's coffee, I'm like, that wouldn't ruin an interview for me. I don't know if I'm just too nice. But if somebody accidentally spills a coffee, I'm not going to hold it against them. Like accidents happen. It's like, I feel like people just treat him like crap because of the job that he has. In a way, and yeah, that like eventually makes you want to do nothing. Like I get it on those days at work that I feel like I've been like abused or whatever, or it's been like a long week. All I want to do is sit and watch TV. Like that's it. Like I understand this person, not quite to his extent. Like I, I wouldn't like ignore my children or my wife, but like I no, get yeah, it. it. I get getting they, there. Yeah.
1: They make it very clear that. TV is his only escape from the nightmare that is his life. Yes, yeah.
0: We do also very importantly get introduced to the fact that he can fence. Because at first I was very, yes, very confused over why he had a saber, like two sabers on his wall. Because, like, I know people do have that as decor, but it's not a typical decor choice. And then later on, you're like, "I was captain of the fencing. Oh, okay, got it. Now you can actually fence." Which is also one of the great things about those old movies is all the fencing scenes. I, I love them. I wish I noted what movie he was actually watching though, and I did not pay attention enough. But um, yeah,
1: when they when he was watching real programming.
0: Yeah, and then, but yeah, it's just it's so obvious foreshadowing, like you could predict how the movie is going to go, like how where it's going to get, like you know, oh they they're, they're going to get divorced, but she's trying to save it and he's a loser so naturally they're going to get together in the end. Oh, this Rottweiler is going to come back to cause trouble in the end. Oh, we're going to have a power show later on. Like, oh, there's going to be a fencing scene later on. Like, it was just so much, this is what's going to happen within, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you call the genre, but there was definitely a resurgence in the late 80s, early 90s of, like, the mom and dad power couple that go on some kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids would be considered one of them. Mom and Dad Saved the World. Uh, I think The Stupids could be considered one of them, even yes. though that one's also, like, really silly. The Stupids. Um, yeah, I think that one was with um, Roseanne Barr's ex-husband. Um, <sighs> well, that doesn't help really, me at all. <laughs> really really annoying guy, yeah. Um, all I remember was that it was r- directed by the the Blues Brothers guy. Um mm-hmm father of what's his name max something Um,
0: okay i feel like i probably do know this if i looked at a picture of it but my internet is being so slow right now that i'm too scared to get on the internet right
1: now yeah and i've been drinking a little bit so my memory is not quite what it should be right now it's not very sharp um but that being said um yeah so (laughs) this movie has that appeal to uh, to it and I want to say now, upon rewatching it, the the main gimmick of them jumping between the different programming, and it's also parodies of programming, is really the only thing I had going for it. So, um, after several attempts by the wife to kind of get him to, you know, shape up, and even the son, who was like, hey, uh, I think he was telling his sister, he was like, my friend uh, got his, like... Whatever, Like, he left his parents alone so they can go on, like, a little trip together and, like, rekindle their romance. So he, mm-hmm. like, staged this whole thing where he was going to be out of the house, and the sister was going to be out of the house, and they were just going to have the, like, the night to themselves or something. Yeah. And she was all, like, into it. She was like, hey, guess what? The kids aren't here. And it was like, oh, great. And something like, I can watch the TV louder or something like that. Yeah. And You're so like, she had her like, fill. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So she's had her fill. She's like, "Nope, I'm leaving you." And like, he is still not even aware that that's what's happening. He's just watching the what was it, the basketball game?
0: Yeah, that's um, what I was like. Oh, a basketball game.
1: Okay, I guess. And uh, I mean, so like yeah, she packs her bags. What's his name? The the devil character? Not even the devil. He's just like a like a demon like, lackey. He's a
0: demon, which I think I wrote it down in my notes. His name is an actual demon. Like, it wasn't, like, a made-up demon. Like, sometimes you get made-up demon names, but his he, his actual was a real Mephisto. I can't remember if it was... It was not Mephisto. It was really <laughs> close. It was, like, Mif- Mif- Mephistocracies or something. Stoccolies? Oh, Something like that. Yeah. That was his name, and I was like... I looked it up, and, yeah, that was a real demon. And I want to say Germanic lore, but I can't quite remember, and... Seriously, my internet is being really weird i 'm afraid if I go on the internet right now to verify <laughs> that that 's going to cut me off discord and this is just All right. that be could ruined. be
1: the homework for the uh, the Twitter <gasps> followers um, yeah but so the the main gist here seems to be that the the devil character or the demon character likes to target these couch potato people um, that are essentially mm-hmm. um, like victims of their own. Like lethargy and sloth, I suppose. Yeah, and- which is a
0: like huge things for demons in general. Is they the reason why they're the seven deadly sins? Is because it's those sins that make demons want to target you. So that yeah. actually made a lot of sense to me, from like what demon lore I have read before. So.
1: And I like the fact that the way he entices them is with technology by offering them 666 channels. Eh, get it? (laughs) yeah. And a state-of-the-art satellite dish. Now, a quick aside about that. Okay, so, (sighs) I want to have you know that growing up in the 80s, Yes. um, Knowing somebody that had a satellite dish system like that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: was pretty awesome. Oh yeah! Because they could see so many different things. Yes, <laughs> it was like a whole new world. It was like it was like playing Pokemon Red versus Blue, uh-huh. and then jumping immediately to like Sapphire Red or something. Like you Ooh. just skipped a whole lot of steps in between, and now the world is so much bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. It, it was like going from like three channels with the you know air antenna to now you have like stuff from all around the world. And I was poor, so I didn't have one of these. But I had relatives that had one of these. Mm-hmm. And those things were legitimately that big. It looked like a hot tub really. Or out in, that was the my first thing. thought, yeah. too.
0: I was like, was it really that huge? Like, that thing is yes. giant.
1: <laughs> those things were enormous. And if you didn't have one, if you didn't have one of the fancy ones, I should say, because this one was motorized and they definitely had those. Uh-huh. If you had one that was just a static dish, then you had to manually go out there with a big, like pipe wrench, like loosen the nuts on it and like carefully reposition it while somebody yelled from the inside, like right there, right there. And then you have to (laughs) tighten it because now you get like the newer channels. Like there were different satellites with different programming, obviously. And that was just like a whole experience. But, yep, I had friends and a few relatives that um, were definitely up on their uh, different programming, let's put it that way, (laughs) that that I normally would not have access to. (laughs)
0: That is pretty cool. I think one of my biggest issues with the beginning of this was that for a person that watched TV so much to ro- to not recognize Spike as a evil person with his black fedora and black trench coat and red scarf and all that, like, how do you not recognize that you're being scammed right now? Like, you watch nothing Dude, that- but television. Like, you should know this. <laughs> you're, you're about to be the victim.
1: And that dude plays nothing but villains. He was the bad guy in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm
0: -hmm. He was
1: the bad guy in Howard the Duck. He was a bad guy, technically, in The Devil's Advocate. And he's also a scumbag in real life. So it's like, hey, you know, this guy played to his strengths.
0: I am so glad, by the way, that you guys watched Howard the Duck for Journey into Mystery because now I don't have to have it be a VHS gem.
1: (laughs) Oh no! That 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 is that that (laughs) is not a gem. That is not a gem, no, for sure. Is that is a kidney stone.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> it's one of uh, those things you kind of just have to pass through, but you know you don't want to savor it.
0: Yeah. So I tried to keep up with all of the the like fake hell version of the shows and their titles. So I have in my notes and like Caplocks, Three Men and Rosemary's Baby, which was that was funny. <laughs> that was like the first one you saw. And telling and then, oh, sadistic hidden videos was the next one, which was just a person telling this lady that her husband was dead. And then he's like, as she's crying, he's like, look, look at the van. Look at the camera behind me. And she's like, oh, sadistic hidden video.
1: <laughs>
0: you got me. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: Have you ever seen uh, this comedy series on YouTube from, like, the early, early days of YouTube? I'm talking, uh-huh. like, this had to have been, like, 2004, 2005. Yeah. Uh, and it was a dude wearing, like, a, a gray jumper and an orange, like, Afro wig.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he'd run up to somebody, kick them in the nuts. And then while the person was recoiling in pain, and they were uh-huh. like, why would you do that? What's wrong with you? Like, you know, trying not to throw up. And he would just be like, my friend, my friend, my friend. You've been kicked in the nuts. And the guy would just start laughing. He's like, oh, my God, you got me. And it was like a whole series. Like, yeah, it was (laughs) like, wow, that I want to believe that those were not staged and that that really happened.
0: (laughs) Mm, I'm sure it's staged, but it also just feels like boys being boys, but (laughs) I don't think that's ever stopped, though. I'm wondering, maybe I should ask the Gen It's like, do guys still just randomly hit each other in the nuts all Um, the time like they used to when I was in high school?
1: (laughs) If if you're ever around myself and Daniel Barroso, the answer is yes.
0: Okay, Daniel Barroso is like a 13-year-old and never grew out of it. I'm sorry, Daniel, I love you, but it's true. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that doesn't really explain a lot. Um so, oh, then, so if,
1: do grown adults do this? No.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, grown adults do not do this. It's just that weird right. face in high school where it's like, it seems like every single group of high school boys in every generation has this time where they just hit each other in the nuts. I never understood it. Nobody ever understood it, I don't think, but it's what happened. We don't um, either.
1: It's a compulsion. I want to say we're hardwired. <laughs> okay.
0: Pain is life. Is that what you're trying to teach? <laughs>
1: I think it's some sort no, of no. tribal, like, uh, like weeding out the weak, kind of. Like, if you can't <laughs> deal with this, then you don't belong in the tribe.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> nah, I don't know, because I don't think us girls have anything to do with that. I mean, but, or anything, com- well...
1: Well, you guys just give each other like complexes and like eating. Yeah, disorders. that's true.
0: Like we just yeah, that's true. We just do that. I don't know. I think I probably would take like a brace of pain over the manipulation. Although this is really just stereotypical gender and stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you see those like first few clips, and then that's when his wife decides to leave, and she said she said something that I actually loved was like she had this quote where she's like i want a man who can touch me and not his remote control like oh like dang this poor lady she just wants to be loved you know that's all she wants but then they go they get in a fight or something and they go out to the satellite dish and they get sucked into yeah she was gonna like
1: destroy it or something i think she went out there with like a Yes. wrench or something
0: yeah she was trying to destroy it because yeah just just because it should have been destroyed I would have just turned off the power is what I would have done I wouldn't have tried hitting stuff I would have just been like hitting all the power buttons just for an annoyance and leave in the dark like
1: <laughs> and that's I why it reminded like me that. now that you mention it it reminded it reminded me of um, honey I shrunk the kids because the way that it mm-hmm. kind of moves around like it's searching for a target is very similar to that laser beam
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> it just kind of like points around. I was like, "Oh, there's something right there. Let's beam it in." So yeah, they got sucked in, mm-hmm. and they end up in a like a like a game show, like a '70s style game show.
0: Yes, you do end up in a game show called "You Can't Win." So that's the hell version of a game show, And the fact that there basically is no winning, and what you win utterly sucks because the first prize is the napper crapper which is basically a recliner that has a toilet in it and also a fridge but more importantly it has a toilet in it <laughs> so you can crap you know crap that while you're that little scene the shows.
1: that that was actually kind of great it reminded me of uhf another kind of meta movie like this uhhuh but i think a little bit better yeah where they just have something completely stupid but upon second viewing you're kind of like
0: huh yes
1: that actually is kind of convenient <laughs>
0: Um, and then you kind of sort of get the behind the scenes of what Spike is doing and you get introduced to other demons. More importantly, you get introduced to a, a young Eugene Levy and his utterly beautiful 90s hairstyle. I literally wrote in my notes, his hair is just everything I've ever dreamed of because just, it's like standing up. It's like that. I don't even know what that early 90s haircut was where it was curly hair that was just up straight. <laughs> it was kind of like a flat top, wasn't it? Yeah, like a flat top. There you go. It was like a kind of a flat top but Eugene yeah. Levy's version of a flat tip and I absolutely love Eugene Levy and like Shit's Creek so and I think other things but that's the one thing that stands out on my mind right now. So I was very happy, like, hey, Eugene Levy. Awesome. There's a.
1: Uh, I think he was probably the best in I mean, 80s Eugene Levy was like peak Eugene Levy. And, um, mm-hmm. I think he came from some Canadian. As a matter of fact, yeah, that was one of the trivia is that he actually started, like, an old Canadian television show called Stay Tuned. Absolutely not related oh. to any of this except for the title, but, um, yeah, I remember him being great in some John Candy movie as well. They were, like, mm-hmm. security officers that, um, Go on this crazy mission of some sort, mm. um, and back when making gay jokes was like totally like okay. You know, they yeah. end up going to a gay bar, and yeah, there's some interesting stuff way back when in the 80s. eighties. 80s
0: <laughs> eighties hilarity, just very much of its age. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. Let's see. So. They sort of show that the people are in this trap and they have to survive so long in order to redeem themselves. Yeah, 24 hours in order to redeem themselves. And if they don't, then basically their souls are trapped in hell, from what I was understanding. Um, Yes. Yeah. And... Which reminded me of, I'm, I'm recently, if you've, if you listen to our Geeks Watch podcast, you'll know that I'm watching all the old Marvel cartoons on Disney Plus right now. And there was an episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends in which there was a villain that could zap you into video games in like old arcade um, games. Arcade, and there was, yeah. yeah. And there was one where, oh, what's his name? Like Vash or something like the bully guy and Spider-Man was stuck in Pong. And if Pong reached 100 score points, then Vash would just be fizzled out and die. <laughs> like, that's like instantly what it reminded me of. This whole idea it was like, hey, it's like that Spider Man episode. Um, and it has pretty much everything on it. And so you do learn and get confirmed that the, two, the couple in the very beginning is also going through this, and the wife just gets smushed by Godzilla.
1: Yeah, almost right away from the looks of it.
0: Yeah, pretty much right away. Like, a few hours in, they think they're on vacation. They get smushed by Godzilla. Um, And just... It's just... Yeah, they they get through... The video... Not the video game. They get through the show game. The the game Game show. show. There we go. There we go. The game show. Um... I can't remember how the and like it's like which will your prize be and it's always like door one like that's the only option yeah it was only yeah. it was
1: three options but they were all door number one and yeah. so they won then they got to go through the the portal I did like that that little effect of like every portal was just like the TV static yeah which is kind of a relic of the past now because TVs don't do that anymore but yeah so you have all the snow yeah the um, snow on static. the screen. Yeah. And so they go from there to a very 1980s wrestling match.
0: Very 1980s. To go against... It's it's a pair, wrestling pairs match, against basically these demonic-looking people that sound like the MGM lion. Which is technically a
1: tiger. Yeah. Roar. They had... They had like yeah monster roars or something. And, yeah, it, um,
0: I I meant to look up if it actually was the sound of the MGM line because that's exactly what it sounded like. Was the same roar like just that
1: that well, tiger. It wasn't roar in the trivia. The yeah, it wasn't in oh. the trivia. I'll tell you that much. They uh, you yeah, they were trivia. called Mister <laughs> and mrs Gorgon. Were their names?
0: Gorgon, huh? Okay, <laughs> I mean, which I think is really another really
1: reference like... to like demons.
0: Well, Gorgon is um, like Medusa, if I'm remembering correctly. So, I mean, she's kind of oh, yeah, demonic. yeah, that's right. But yeah, but they, thats not what they look like. Well, I Medusa mean, is a very special Gorgon, but it's—it's it's a yeah, woman yeah. And that's snake-like and it's got snake hair, basically. But um, yeah, I I. Greatly related to this, was where I was like, I really like the wife character, the mother character, because as soon as her hair gets pulled, she just rages out, which was exactly what would happen for me. Like, you don't mess with hair, like that's just not fair game. Like you don't know, like uh, I spent a lot of money on her hair. Like
1: she she didn't just pull the hair; she actually ripped hair out, ripped
0: it out. Yeah, and that would like by the way, very, very much hurt. And just <laughs> like oh, my, my hair raw. And she goes and she just grabs a mic stand and kicks ass with it.
1: <laughs> now I was I was kind of disappointed jumping ahead a little bit, but this movie was very light on cameos. Uh, given the potential to include, you know, actual real-world people. Yeah. Um, but this this one scene with the wrestling match featured one of the few, like, what I think was actually intended cameos. Mm-hmm. Um, the ring announcer was Captain Lou Albano, who was a wrestler in the 80s, but he's probably most well-known as being the live-action Super Mario from the 1980s cartoon show.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
1: Not the, the live-action movie No, that was uh, Bob Hoskins But for the the, li- the first live-action Super Mario Was this guy In the old uh, animated series Because it was bookended by live-action segments And then in ah. between you'd have the, the, the regular cartoon um, okay. I think those used to be on Netflix for a while If you ever want to catch those But you can definitely get the gist of it on Netflix With just like one episode You see one, you've seen them all Trust me on that one <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, okay, cool. I completely forgot about that live action Mario movie till just now and I highly regret remembering it just now because
1: Yeah. Again, another kidney stone of the past. Yeah.
0: But it's weird because that's another one that I I know I watched multiple times, so I know I had to like it a little bit and I think the only reason why I liked it was because it had Daisy in it and I absolutely love Daisy. <laughs> So, and not Peach. Oh, yeah, she was cares about cool. Peach. Daisy is the best. But. Uh,
1: Sam- Samantha Mathis, I believe, was her name. You can also see her in American Psycho as uh, the woman that Christian Bale is cheating on his girlfriend with.
0: Okay, cool. I didn't know that. Just a Little r- r- random trivia. Right. I don't know. I don't even know if I actually put the live-action Mario into our gems. Not all of them can be shiny and sparkly gems, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some of them require more polish. That's true.
0: <laughs> so we get after WrestleMania. We kind of sort of cut to the kid coming home, which I absolutely loved his like lime green bike and I wanted to steal it for myself. And I wrote down in my notes that he said totally wicked, which I was like, that's from something. Isn't it totally wicked? Isn't that from something? And it's just now that I realize it's from Incredibles. And that's yeah. what the kid <laughs> says when he learns that his neighbors have superpowers. Totally wicked. But <laughs> but he starts watching TV and that he sees a commercial for the next show that we're going to be in, which is Northern Overexposure, which is described as being a doctor comes to Alaska, complains about everything, and freezes to death. <laughs> that was the commercial. And sure No, enough, that was based
1: on a real television show.
0: Really? Well, I mean, they're all yes. kind of based off of real television shows.
1: So. Yeah. I mean, this this one was basically just a pun on it. But yeah, the actual show was called Northern Exposure. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it was essentially that, like a big city doctor. Think of it like Doc Hollywood, but instead he goes to Alaska. And, okay. Um, yeah. So, but in this one, all they focus on is just, they just needed like a cold environment, apparently for yeah. this next few gags to take place. They're being hunted yes. by wolves and all that. <laughs> yes. And Eugene Levy, which we kind of skipped over it, but Eugene oh, yeah. Levy made some comments in the boardroom prior to all of this happening. Uh-huh. And uh, Spike did not like it. Um, mm-hmm. So Spike, ba- and one of the things I liked about Spike is that he has like one of the coolest remote control holders. Where it'll, like, pop it out of his sleeve, it'll spin a few times, and then he'll catch it in his hand. Yeah. Completely impractical, because that means he has to have some kind of apparatus in his forearm the whole time. Probably not comfortable. it has got to have not. a little bit of bulk to it, but it looks well, cool. like
0: Assassin's Creed Hidden Blade, but it's a remote.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. There you go. It's, it's the Assassin's Creed... Uh, what do they call that thing? It's got a name. I can't remember. Um, Hidden Blade. But, yeah. So, he... I guess punishes Eugene Levy by blasting him and sending him into the programming also. And yeah, that's where they run into him.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't do anything to him because he straight up says, like, I'm already dead. Like, <laughs> I feel like this is basically like a, just an annoying vacation to him. Like, <laughs> Well, like, it's, is it I,
1: I suppose it's a minor inconvenience because he can get mauled and lose body parts, but he can that still like true. he's still alive.
0: Yeah. And so, sure enough, they get surrounded by wolves, because that's what happens in Alaska, in which I went, oh, wolves, I love them, they're my favorite. But, um, and then they get stuck in a hut with Eugene Levy, and Eugene basically explains, like, yeah, you're stuck in this, you need to last 24 hours, like, just don't die, and just keep on trying to change the channel. And he kind of shows them how to do that in a way, like, how to find the static areas so they can do that. Um... And the teen, like, at this time, the teenager realizes that her parents are gone. And so she decides, I'm naturally going to invite all my girlfriends over and have a party. Yay. So that's happening. Meanwhile, her brother is still watching the television. Nothing's really surprising there. Teenager is going to be a teenager and kid going to watch TV. There you go. Um, so they're still stuck in this thing. Eugene Levy kind of sort of sacrifices himself in a way. Basically, that's where you get like, I'm dead. Nothing's going to happen. Like she's alive. Save yourselves kind of thing. Then he goes and gets the wolves away temporarily. And they eventually figure out how to get to the next show. By actually lifting the little hut thing and finding the hole in the snow.
1: Which yeah. Kind of Which I was like, why didn't they move the whole hut to begin with?
0: I, like, it's kind of sort of one of those things like you don't think that you can move a house.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then you're Until like, the wait, this is basically a TV it.
0: set though. And then also, because my thing was like, that whole thing should be on fire by now. Like that wood's not fireproof. Like that yeah, would no. would go up way way too quickly, and that where's the smoke? There should be smoke. You guys should be passed out already. Like this was way not realistic. I'm sorry. And my third thing was wolves don't <laughs> like fire; they wouldn't go near it. <laughs>
1: no, but these were these were demonic wolves.
0: They were demonic. I mean, they were very cute demonic wolves. They didn't have red eyes or anything. I don't know. Uh, they're just they had, they're very good. They they're look good evil. wolf actors. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Um, in between the time you get, I think a few commercials as the kids watching and I brought 30 something to life which I didn't quite understand the reference on that one there's a TV
1: show called 30 something that was essentially just a drama of people in a small town in their 30s I guess okay
0: alright so this was where they're basically drama of people in a jail I guess.
1: Yeah, because they're all like talking about their feelings and having like these little, like somebody's crocheting or something.
0: Yeah, and, and whether or not it matches the, I have no idea. i yeah, like, what is this?
1: Um, they're calling, they're talking about the, the, the color of the walls or whatever. And then you see a police guard or like, yeah, security guard and he closes the cell door. Yeah. And it, some of them, when they're actually kind of demonic, it's funny. When it's just a bad pun. It's like, okay, what does this have to do with the overall theme of, like, things are being evil? Like, this is stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah. You also got the Silencer of the Lambs commercial, which... Again, that,
1: that looks like something that would have been more at home in UHF, but that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, it, it was kind of funny, mainly because I like Silence of the Lambs, and I got like, hey, that's Hannibal Lecter's little mask thing. Like, that's kind of hilarious. And, it's, it's and then a it was to something. Meet the Mansons. And, oh, we totally skipped over. So when the kid sees the satellite dish, he almost gets sucked in, and his bike gets sucked into the TV. And when he's watching these commercials, he realizes he sees his bike in the TV. And he also recognizes, hey, his parents are gone. This is weird, <laughs> kind of thing. So he's starting to put two and two together. Um,
1: And then that's when we start the, 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 the parents end up in the... Uh Massive. Looney Tunes-ish cartoon?
0: Yes, which... To me, this was by far the most perfect of all of the... Like, meta-ness. It just felt so much like I was watching Tom and Jerry. Like, the music was perfect. The, just everything. The animation was perfect. The general hilarity of it was perfect. Like, it was just, like... This was genius. And I wonder who... Did you notice in trivia if it says actually who animated that? Like, if Uh, it was a Looney Tune animator?
1: It was, as a matter of fact. uh, As a matter of fact, it was... uh, Let me take a quick look here, because there's a lot of people involved. Um, Yeah, it was one of the big dudes from back in the day. uh, By the name of... I said his name earlier, too. Now I can't remember it. Oh. Um He was... Thankfully, there's not a lot of trivia to go through with this thing, so it'll be easy to find. Uh Uh-huh. And I think my computer got infected with your slow internet because it's also taking its time.
0: Oh, no. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah. Bad recording According
1: according to this, Tim Burton was uh, slated to direct the movie, but he turned it down to do Batman Returns. Uh, Chuck Jones, that's who it was. He was famous okay. for doing a lot of those Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry's yeah. Uh, cartoons.
0: Yeah. Just just a perfect feel. And so the first the, I like that their first thought was like, "Good, like nothing can happen to us cuz it's a cartoon. No- nobody dies in a cartoon." And then it's highly implied, "Oh no, this this cat can kill you. This robotic cat creature can kill you." And you get a lot of those good punny lines that you get in cartoons like He's eating donuts, and he almost gets eaten by a cat. So he says, like, my doctor was right. Donuts will be the death of me. Like, just...
1: Yeah, a bunch of, you know, it lame It's just so humor, but... perfect. Um, yeah, the
0: the kids don't try this at home when they're about to push, like, a hair dryer into the bathtub water to kill the cat. Yeah. Kids don't try That was at home. dark. <laughs> like, just...
1: That was that very was dark. So
0: <laughs> but, the... I mean, do so have you, like... How long has it been since you watched Tom and Jerry? Because there's some dark... Oh, yeah, no, on Tom absolutely and, Jerry and acme and all there's, that like
1: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's actually so one of the YouTube channels I like to watch uh, called uh, "Nostalgia Critic," um, mm-hmm. one of the things he likes to do is go back and review old dark cartoons, and one time he did specifically mention uh, several Tom and Jerry episodes, one where they want to commit suicide because they're just really depressed. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously very drunk because there's a lot of those bottles, uh, that had the three X's on them. That's not they to yep. noted that this was alcoholic. Um, mm-hmm. and there was one episode of Tom and Jerry where you're in heaven mm-hmm. and you see like a burlap sack just kind of like tumble its way up to the pearly gates. And the guy that's doing like, I guess it's St. Peter technically, um, uh-huh. He's like looking down, like what's going on, and the bag opens, and like a bunch of little kittens just spill out, and yeah. th- the person is like, I remember that. "Well, that's that's a shame or something that's like that." And I was like,
0: <laughs> "I didn't understand oh. that until I was like, oh, yeah, that was horrible, dead, <laughs> dead kitties, dead kitties in a sack."
1: Somebody killed a burlap sack full of kittens. That's terrible.
0: Yep. Um, they get out of the cartoon by. Mailing the Acme company for a dog version of the cat.
1: Yeah, that was pretty Although good. Although his Yeah,
0: his wife gets out first. His wife does get out first and it takes like him like, I don't know, another five minutes to mail Acme and to get his way out of it. And then you get Dwayne's world underworld. There we go. That's what it is. Dwayne's underworld in reference to Howein's world. So. Yeah.
1: And This, when the the trailer first came out for this movie way back in the day, this was one of those scenes that really sold it to me because I Mm -hmm. loved Wayne's World. I was a big fan of it. I liked Saturday Night Live. I was like, oh, man, this looks like it's going to be so much fun. It's like a, you know, Wayne's World parody section. Oh, you must have been so
0: disappointed because it was like... Four minutes, like not even that long, and they were zombies, and they did do the showing part, but <laughs> they
1: they 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 copy a lot of the tropes of wayne 's world, but it just didn 't come off funny it 's really weird like that that's this was the point when when rewatching it yeah. that it really started to hit me that I was like. Yeah, this wasn't as funny as I remembered it for some reason. It's definitely not hitting and the see, same notes. And see, and
0: and this was where I was like, oh, it's Wayne's World, Schwing. like Shwing, <laughs> <laughs> like. Like
1: I remember that. Yeah,
0: but this was also the point where I was like, oh, they really didn't get um, Michael Myers to be in it, or that. Yeah, I was like, oh, like that would have been a good cameo, like a zombified version. It wasn't them, right? Because it didn't look like them or sound like them.
1: It it, it was not that. Okay,
0: though. good. I was like, did I not catch it? <laughs> And he eventually escapes Dwayne's underworld. And I wanna say at this time too the kids were like he the the boy was trying to convince his sister that the parents were in the cartoon and in the TV and she's just like ignoring him because peer pressure and her friends are here basically and all that. And then when he goes back to the television you are now in basically Maltese Falcon, one of those old noir detective shows. Yeah. Yes,
1: which which is kind of funny because he starts playing around with the idea that he has that internal monologue, uh huh, kind of like out loud. Yeah. Cool. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: and um, this is where we find out also that yeah, the they the daughter finally gives in and it was like, oh wait, that's our parents in this
0: thing. Yeah. Once she sees her mom, she's like, wait, that's that's mom. And then of course, the dog comes up and that's when she was like, "Okay, this is legit. Which he also, to be fair, the brother also chased her friends away by spraying them with water so that they wouldn't get sucked into the satellite dish, too. So he saved their lives and they are not grateful. But (laughs) and that's. Yeah, that's finally when he gets his sister to actually look at the television to find out. Yeah, that is our parents stuck in the TV. You also get a few more commercials. One for the exercisist, which was the exorcist (laughs) as an exercise routine in which you make it burn, feel the burn, and you set yourself on fire, basically. And then you make your head spin in 360s and you barf and then the one that like went right over me my head was the yogi beer commercial where (laughs) it's like it doesn't have alcohol in it but it will make you act like your father and it's like this kid drinking this can of yogi beer and he's like get me another toots to his wife to his mom (laughs) they're like ew yeah (laughs) he's wearing
1: like a wife beater
0: wearing a wife beater (laughs) She's like that like 1970s 60s wife <laughs> with the apron and everything in the kitchen. You're like, "Oh, this is." No.
1: This one confused me too because I'm like other than the pun on like saying like Yogi Bear calling this Yogi Beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just didn't make there sense.
1: Wa- <laughs> there wasn't really much to it. I was like, "Okay, yeah. that's I was like what's I, there I not see where you're going.
0: Beer commercial that you could use or like cuz I know there were non-alcoholic beers for what I mean they still sell non-alcoholic beers but like what
1: I mean I, I it, it it didn't it didn't have like a cartoon character on the can or anything it was just kind of like a really flat joke to be honest
0: yeah that one was definitely a flat one and then you find out in this noir era that the the neighbor the guy from the beginning who lost his wife to Godzilla is like a gangster in this noir world to which you also learn that not only is this guy also stuck in the um, video, but, like, John Ritter's character knows him. They, like, the guy borrowed his mower and everything, which kind of bugged me because in the beginning, you see that John Ritter's character is watching the news. And it's about how bombs I think was their name, Murray. Murray was the guy's name, Murray was missing with his wife and I was like you think he would have noted that his neighbors were missing and be like hey I wonder where my neighbors are oh hey you're stuck in the TV but no that was
1: <laughs> well he was too preoccupied with getting the satellite yeah. dish and then yeah. his wife almost leaving him I guess I guess but yeah he's yeah. he's basically like carved out this little hole of the programming as like a mob boss because like the we glossed over it but he's very browbeaten in the beginning Mm-hmm. Like, his wife is very dominating on him. Like, he makes him make... Uh, she makes him make, like, this huge bowl of popcorn. And then He comes, yeah. gets comfortable, and says, hey, this needs more butter. So he has to get up and do it again. Yeah. And she just keeps kind of shouting at him and is like, go with, go get the door. Yeah. And so, like, now he's happy. He's, like, single now. His wife was stomped by Godzilla. <laughs> he's got a little bit of power because he's, like, the owner of this ritzy club.
0: Yeah. But also, then, he um, has the remote control, too, which is also very important. So he can control... He can show where he's at, basically. I don't
1: don't feel like they properly established that. Because, like, why did he get to keep his remote? But yet, John Ritter didn't, you know? Well, John
0: Ritter didn't hold his remote when he went in. I think that was the difference. From what I understood. From what I was supposed to understand. I don't know. I I guess. We we have
1: to make some leaps of logic here.
0: Yes, uh, just a few leaps of logic. So, basically... While they're talking naturally about the remote and everything, there's a huge gangster shoot-off. Murray dies. He gets shot, dies, and they sort of, like, try to get the remote to get out, in a way. Which
1: they do. Yes. But I believe... Is this where they get... No, they don't get separated yet. No, they're still together. Yeah. Um, I think immediately after this, don't they end up in, um like, a... French period piece
0: Yes it was It was during the time Of the French Revolution In which the French Were just happily guillotining All of their Royalty Members And He Is Like What was it called I think it was called Off with his head Because that's what I have Written down but yeah, something like basically, that. Like, yeah, basically, it, he's a Marquise, I think was what I was... I feel like that's what they called him, was a Marquise. Yeah, Marquise and he the was Mabel, which was in his like, character's name. Yes, he was in hiding, and he was a cross-dresser, too. So that's how he was hiding, was he was dressing as a woman. <laughs> and you also get reinduced to Eugene Levy. He survived, he is missing an arm and a leg after his fight with the wolves but he's basically like, you guys almost got it. Like you just got to survive. And meanwhile, at this time, the kids are freaking out because they're going to try to figure out how to get their parents out of the TV. And the kid is playing with his Radio Shack room, I guess, and trying to get everything all set up for that. And eventually, of course, as he's a marquee in hiding, he gets caught being the marquee after a French shoulder soldier. It's so hilarious when a male soldier just flirts with a cross-dressing man, not knowing that he's a cross-dresser. Like, you get that joke in there kind of thing. Oh, he was he
1: was—he was a good-looking man.
0: Yeah, he was. I mean, when his... What was it? His boobs weren't diagonal because the fruits were <laughs> <laughs> in the wrong. I think that's the sort of thing Eugene was like, you're diagonal. Why are your boobs are diagonal? You need to fix that. Like... But um, yeah, you get that joke, and then it's like, wait, you're the marquee, and he's like, I would have given you all the chocolates if you weren't the marquee. <laughs> like, oh, like you still could, dude. Like, <laughs> just you know, love is love. Um, but <laughs> what,
1: like, what's stopping you now? You know, I know right? What's changed between like what's two strange? minutes ago and now?
0: I know. Um. There were a few funny quotes that stood out to me as he was being taken to the guillotine in which he says to the, you know, the guys with their hoods. He's like, hey, fellows, I loved you in Star Wars, which, of course, I caught because Star Wars was said like, hey, it's the sick.
1: But (laughs) why? Don't shake your head. What is he he trying to say by that? Like, they look like like Vader's.
0: No, they look like Palpatine. They got the cloaks.
1: That that club. is a stretch that is that a stretch of the time. Stretch. because what
0: they did look like was the Sith in um, what was it not the last Jedi but the one after that Rise of Skywalker all the Sith people that were chanting
1: yeah the, the Sith acolytes
0: <laughs> that, there you go acolytes that's what they were
1: <laughs> he was ahead of his time then I'll I know that.
0: he was he saw the future with his hell app I guess and then any requests before you die and he's like can I listen to the long version of Stairway to Heaven <laughs>
1: Like just Okay. No, that that also bothered me because is there a radio edit
0: of Stairway to Heaven? I'm pretty sure there is.
1: I was mean, like that just bothers me on a whole different level because you can't shorten Stairway to Heaven. Like it is what it is. It's you can't have like a three minute version of that song.
0: I mean I'm sure there's like a five minute version that cuts out one of the guitar solos. <laughs> I feel like. I it's, mean that's probably something we could look up if Hardened. You
1: cut out here. one note from Stairway to Heaven and you have disgraced that masterpiece.
0: Honestly, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it here. Stairway to Heaven is not the best Led Zeppelin song, but like, okay. <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, like it's not the best. Like, It's probably like my number 10 Led Zeppelin song and that's me being nice to it, actually. But And it's also more like it's always played, so it's ever played. But anyway, before I just go on this tangent, because I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin and all that fun stuff. Um, naturally, just before he's about to get his head chopped by the guillotine, um, his son finds a way to get his voice into the TV in the way that you figure out how to do those things. There you go. Yeah, and he, he
1: takes his sister's radio for parts, I think is what he said.
0: Yeah, and he beamed it at the se- I can't even remember like how they've figured this out and like because he talks and it's because it's a friendship and they're like god and the kid's like yes i am god don't kill the man save the marquee and that's what works eugene levy thinks they did it they got redemption and sure enough they did get redemption but also sure enough because we're dealing with devils and demons there's always loopholes in contracts and since technically the contract was only on John Ritter's life, his wife was not included in it. So he gets to leave. His wife has to stay in, basically, because Spike is pissed that he lost because he's a demon. Yeah. and That's what happens. there's a she, little loophole yes, there. She gets sent to a Western world in which the 310 to Yuma is coming and she is stuck on the track Roped to a wagon of dynamite. And it's going to get hit <laughs> by a train, basically.
1: Yeah, because you just absolutely have to make sure that she gets blowed up.
0: Yes. And, of course, John Ritter's character decides, I'm going to go back in. I'm going to save my wife. Kind of thing, because he has manned up through this whole thing. And now he cares about his wife. There you go. Because that's what happens when you're forced to care for each other. I guess you all of a sudden, oh no, wait, I probably should go save my wife. And um he goes in with his remote, I think this time or he had a remote, I can't remember, but he has a remote. Spike has a remote. And it becomes the hilarity of jumping rapidly between shows. So the first thing we get is Star Trek, which was pretty funny because he was bald and he reacts to it and to which that really did look like Star Trek: The Next Generation actors.
1: Yeah, at least really some did, of them. Actually. Okay,
0: like was it did, was it really them or was it just no. really good lookalikes? No. Okay, so like the best but... cosplayers ever. So it was like the best cosplay because I was like, wait, is that now? Granted, I haven't watched Next Generation, and like actually no, the only thing. Year.
1: The only thing I would say about that scene, which actually makes it funnier, is that the size of the set is like a small living room as opposed to like the much bigger yeah. like spread out set, yeah, so yeah, it just looks like they're all just kind of like smushed into like this really small little space. I thought that was funny,
0: yeah, and then let's see. they jump again, and it was driving over Miss Daisy.
1: Yeah, As there a was post- a couple of commercials in between, though. There was like he he got zapped into like a, uh, a Crash Test Dummy commercial, yeah. Because those system, were really okay. popular in the early nineties. Yeah, uh, and then Absolutely briefly in a hockey game. It was a hockey game of Angels versus Devils, and yes. then yes, he ends up in driving Miss Daisy or yes. driving over Miss Daisy, driving
0: over Miss Daisy, in which Spike drives over Miss Daisy, and then he ends up in ta da Three's Company,
1: which. <laughs> For something so meta, yes. it really doesn't last that long. Like just They Because um, and I think all-
0: that's what makes it even more meta, is the fact that, of course, Three's Company is in there, and then it's gone. Yeah. It and really it's more was like that he's like, like, oh, oh get me out of here. Yeah, I don't need to relive this again. Like, that's basically what it is. And then, sure enough, you jump into that old, not Victorian, that old... Like a medieval classic cinema medieval fencing movie, and naturally he's yeah. gonna have to fence in which the kid also you know the spike thinks he wins because he he doesn't have a sword or whatever, and then the kid uses this as an opportunity to shoot a sword to his father into the satellite, very bold and daring, he gets the sword to his father and he gets to fence, and that 's where he get the I was the you know vice captain of assistant captain like half cap whatever captain of the fencing team and you're like oh you can fence okay that's cool and then in between that you get for whatever reason a salt and pepper music video and they have to yeah
1: <laughs> this is the point what? where i completely gave up on the movie oh no because I, I didn't remember this in th- how long this whole sequence was. This was like a full-length music video.
0: Yes, I would have much preferred the fencing scene to be the last scene <laughs> okay. over the salt-and-pepper scene to be the last scene. Because I was like, why is this the last one?
1: And they go so overboard with it. I mean, you have John Ritter done up completely like prints. Like early 90s prints.
0: I mean, that's the only way to do it, though, to be fair.
1: I <laughs> And... Yeah, this also follows a lot of the same uh, video styles of the early 90s, like those early Janet Jetson, Paula Abdul videos, where they take place in a large, (laughs) empty, yeah, (laughs) this large, (laughs) empty warehouse with everybody just dancing and whatever.
0: Having a grand old Um, time. And And tossing the now only working remote because the remote was broken in the previous fencing video, I guess. So they're dancing their way. To the remote.
1: Yes, and that's, there you go. Again, the the hilarity just didn't transfer over to me. Like I and think it was intended to.
0: This is where I was like, "Hey, Salt and Pepper, awesome!" It did go on for too <laughs> long. I can't openly say that, but I was like, "Hey, MTV, yeah, that's great." MTV turned like what forty yesterday or something like that.
1: Yeah. This week and- was
0: it forty? Yeah. <laughs>
1: And there was 14 years of music on that channel.
0: Yeah, 14. Yeah, that's that's about right. Now it's all weird reality shows. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't get it. I remember when MTV played music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so he eventually gets the remote. And... This was also where you got the things that I was more expecting to get, like turning the volume down, like using the other buttons on the remote. Yeah, like I was like, where was that? Where's the pause button? Like that's how I was like, use your pause button. Like,
1: right? That's like, what click I would have written. In.
0: Yeah, and he wins. He gets he gets the remote. He gets back to his wife. They're still stuck though, he doesn't have a way to save her, and they're like, How do you normally get out of the TV when you need to turn it off? And they turn off the TV and they they're out. Yay.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and their marriage is saved. The the satellite dish implodes upon itself like it's poltergeist. And yeah. I guess the moral of the story is that he decides not to waste time anymore and he starts his own fencing classes.
0: Yes, which I thought was very cute because I also would love to take fencing classes, but we don't have any available in Yuma. So I need this Spike, Mephisto, whatever dude to come here (laughs) and convince some guy that was the captain of his fencing team in college to, you know, get stuck in his TV so that he wants to start a fencing school. Please, so they i used, can they used, fencing.
1: <laughs> they used to have a kendo class here in yuma a very long time ago and that yes. was really cool yes
0: i actually think there might be a mace class now like medieval mace yeah like the spikes I, I must know f- <laughs>
1: i must learn more about this i know
0: i feel like i'll have to have to go check that was like pre-covid though i'll have to figure out if it's still. oh i know i I'm sure it's still going. I'm sure You know,
1: I yes. for for the longest time when I felt a little bit more entrepreneurial, I was like, you know what? Somebody should really start a Jedi class and somebody just teach kids how to play with yes. lightsabers. And I was uh-huh. like, I should yeah. do that. that. I was that, like, No, they're still yeah. very litigious.
0: Oh yeah. No, it's still well, it's still fencing. I mean it would be fencing, basically. Or samurai. Or um no oh. no no not samurai Ken, kendo kendo is it? Kendo, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um but I, I saw quite recently, like, can you give me, like, the nerdy version of Jim? Of like, give me that version where I'm learning how to sword fight and, like, some old guy is, like, kicking my ass to get me to stand back up because he knows that I will stand back up when I get knocked out. <laughs> like, can you, can you get me that? Like, that's the only way. Like, mace and axe throwing and all that stuff. Like, give me the nerdy version of Jim. Where I'm just oh, learning yeah. how to fight, like that's that's what I want.
1: I think uh, you're onto something. That sound like I want to get up and start flailing around now.
0: I know, right? Like, don't we all? <laughs> give me, give me a background story too. Like, it's a role playing, joke.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you're not yourself. It's,
0: it's okay. You're not yourself. You can exercise. It's not you. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's Dungeons your D&D and character. Dragons and calisthenics.
0: I know, right? Although my D&D character absolutely hates exercising, but, you know, whatever.
1: <laughs> well, it's because um, of the druidness, you know, that they're more just... I
0: don't yeah, she is. In. She, yes. She's druid, but she's also, you know, a duchess, so she's like, I don't need to. <laughs> there People you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the way, I miss D&D so much. I'm sorry. I'm just going to blast it in all of our podcasts how much I miss D&D. <laughs>
1: I still don't understand why we don't do it remotely like this
0: oh you don't because ever since COVID started I'm now in four different podcasts (laughs) instead of just the one I was in
1: time is the issue we're
0: busy yes as as it is you eventually get busy and the quest we were on was a very long gonna be five years quest with the rate that we were doing it so but maybe someday maybe we could maybe we should we should pitch this and see hey Hey, when when we say what our tweets are, go ahead and tweet at Geekly Media. It's going to be at Geekly Media, and and tell Mitch that we need to do live D and D sessions for you
1: guys. There you go. Maybe we can even do them. Yeah, broadcast them over yes. the interwebs. And yes. um, I, I need to find out. Am I still the woman? I don't know what happened with the character. There's some some stuff happened to me, and I don't remember where it left off.
0: Yes, we were we were on a oh my gosh, we're going on a really long tangent right at the end of this. So sorry <laughs> to our audience, but like yes, the last thing that we were we were in an alternate universe in which we were in different bodies, and you became a woman, <laughs> and everybody regretted it. Um, but and not me, <laughs> <laughs> not you, yeah. Um, yes oh i did like the last thing on my notes was that it ended in a very cheesy freeze frame of him doing a weird fencing pose that i don't think was a legit fencing pose
1: and then i don't know if it was meant to be like a tease for a future sequel but um this one person that was essentially like interning or it was like his first day on the job he like automatically jumped up to like the new director of programming
0: yeah and took over
1: and he basically says, like, oh, yeah, let's see what the fall lineup looks like or something. And you start seeing, like, little teasers mm-hmm. for, like, other hellish TV shows. Um, and you had, like, Beverly Hills, 90666, I Love Lucifer, The Golden Ghouls, Murder She Likes, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, the Facts of Life Support, The Fresh Prince of Darkness, Unmarried with Children, which isn't really whatever. And David, Dukes of Hazard, which I was like, whoa. Like I'm all about the devil worshipping stuff, but that's a little too real, right there.
0: Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I thought this was fun. I'm so sad it was not as good the second time around for you.
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes I think that's going to happen. We, we remember the past with rose tinted glasses, yes, and then you see it for all its warts and you know faults in in the modern yeah. day. I'm very glad you liked it, though. I'm glad we had two very different viewing experiences on this yeah. one. Cause um, this is a good, like, I don't even know if I want to say it's a good kids movie, but it's a good movie to watch while you're still younger. Um, yeah. Because there's there's this weird overlap. It's not quite a kids movie, but it's too goofy to be a grown-up movie. It's just somewhere in between. For like, it's a
0: good family movie,
1: is what it is.
0: Like, it's a good. If you don't mind your kids
1: getting a couple of you know, I mean, older, bitching,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly Bullshit, older kids, yeah. yeah. Yeah, slightly older kids. Or, like, more mature kids. Because I was watching, like, PG th- PG-13 movies before, well before I was 13. And I think I even watched a rated R movie earlier. And, you know, my parents would just, like, fast forward through those things that they wouldn't want me to look at. Like, I'm oh, pretty sure so I watched Die Hard before I was even 10, I think. I have a no, very I... vivid memory of Die Hard, but...
1: I would have to sit through the sex scenes with my parents in the room. That
0: yeah, was no. uncomfortable. No, my parents never made <laughs> me do that. In fact, one of our gems that are in that's in our little gem box yet to be released for whenever we need to watch it is like probably a movie I definitely should not have watched or definitely should not have liked when I was a kid, and that was Pink Floyd the Wall. So but i know watching it now that i'm like i don't think i ever when i was a kid watched the whole thing because there's so many scenes that i'm like i don't remember this like god like (laughs) but it's because my dad would always like just fast forward through everything or tell me to close my eyes or whatever or or more likely he was watching it and i was like always wanting to be near him so like i was gonna watch it too damn it (laughs) like
1: But, I mean that's relatively tame though. Uh, there, it, it does have a couple of brief nudity scenes in it, but it's oh, not that bad. Compared do you remember to...
0: Pink Floyd The Wall? Really? Because I literally rewatched this like every other year. So yeah, no, there's some pretty graphic stuff
1: in it. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, there's there's just one you... scene now. I yes. remember. Yeah,
0: <laughs> where I was like watching it later and I was like, oh my god, what is this?
1: <laughs> okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Thank I think you. I blocked that one Fine out. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out eventually down the line. I'll eventually pull yeah, it right. out of our gem box, our magic little gem box. All right, so that was nineteen ninety two. Stay tuned. What a trip! Just a fun time, a wonderful meta punny movie. Comedy. It feels
1: like it's from a, a different time, definitely.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's definitely and it's it's definitely early nineties, like no doubt. <laughs> All right, so if People want to ask you any questions about Stay Tuned or any of the meta ness in it, um, where can they tweet you at, John?
1: You can find me on Twitter. I am at Magic Bollocks.
0: All right. And you can find me on Twitter as at JM Bailey Writes. um For this podcast and other podcasts, you can find it on our website, Geekly Media. You can also find us as at Geekly Media on twitter and instagram and you can find us on facebook as facebook.com forward slash geekly media please 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 don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast i know we're on a lot more things now we're we're on spotify we're on amazon music itunes i think we're on a bunch of stuff so wherever you're listening please rate review and subscribe it really helps us out if you'd like to help us out even more and get some bonus content be sure to check us out on patreon um we're geekly media on patreon as well um until then always remember to geek Geek out out. this concludes our broadcast